Hello, and welcome to episode 15 of the Movie Marathoners podcast. I'm your host, Mati, and we've been on a bit of a hiatus while I was on vacation, but I'm back now, and the podcast should be back to its kind of semi-weekly schedule. So joining me today is my friend Cam Nurse. Cam, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, guys? Who Guys? Who, what guys? <laughs> <laughs> it's just me here. That's fine. That's uh. fine. I'm not going to edit that out. So... Um, so you've already been on the podcast, so we know that you are not a marathoner, so I don't have to ask that. Um, have you been doing any running at all lately, or are you you're looking a bit skinny, man? I actually uh, committed to do a Spartan race oh, next yeah, summer. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that. So I've been running longer once a week. So usually I go for about 20 minutes, which is about two miles, and that's probably my, my max. So marathon is still a long, long way away. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So this week, we'll be running through the live-action remake of The Lion King. We'll warm up with brief spoiler-free thoughts on the film, and then we'll run into spoiler territory where we can talk freely about the film. It's a little weird to say for a movie that's basically a shot-for-shot remake of a movie that's over 20 years old, but we'll figure it out as we go. And then we'll round out the episode, as always, with our point two section where we discuss what else we've been watching. So first, let's read a synopsis of The Lion King for anybody who hasn't seen a movie in the last 25 years. And this one does kind of like outright spoil a plot point of the movie. So if you haven't seen the original Lion King for whatever reason, be warned, there's a spoiler here. So after the murder of his father, a young lion prince flees his kingdom only to learn the true meaning of responsibility and bravery. The Lion King stars voice talent, including Donald Glover, Beyonce Knowles Carter, and Chiwetel Ejiofor. It is written, you know, written, I mean seems like the easiest writing job ever, but it's written by Jeff Nathanson and directed by John Favreau. So Cam, what are your thoughts on the original Lion King? Are you one of those people that loves this movie or could you take it or leave it? I love this movie. Okay. The original Lion King is probably one of my favorite animated movies of all time. Maybe one of my favorite movies of all time, but I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time. But I loved it so much that when I read Hamlet in high school, I was like, this is, this is a ripoff of the Lion King. This is crazy. <laughs> like, this is just the same thing, but I love that movie so much. I'm right there with you. I think it was just, I mean, it it definitely came out before we were born, but like it was one of those classic Disney movies. And I think it is, like you said, it's it's not my favorite animated movie. My favorite animated movie is Finding Nemo, but this is like a close second. And I think just everything about it works so well. And it is like one of the best movies of all time, I would say. So a, a remake of this movie, like what are your thoughts on when that came out, when that was announced, what were you expecting from it? What did you want from it? It seems kind of a tall order to ask for a remake of 
like we said, one of the best movies of all time. Um, so what were you looking for with this new one? What was I looking for? I was looking for kind of like what John Favreau did with the Jungle Book. And what um, do you mean by that? What did he do? Like he, it was the same kind of story, but he added new elements and made it, it was kind of a deeper story. Um, so it was still a kid's movie, but it appealed to an older audience also. Um, and he, the, the animation and CGI made the animals feel real, but also still cartoonish. And I was kind of looking forward to seeing that kind of direction with one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I knew why Disney did it, obviously, because money. everyone that watched it in watched Lion King in theaters now has kids. So they're going to bring their kids and it's a family movie and they're going to make double the money. So it yeah, makes sense. So <laughs> this movie has already grossed $1.031 billion. <laughs> it's been out in the States for like two weeks, I think its first uh like showing was 30 days ago or something so yeah this movie has made a stupid amount of money um but it's also not really the first time that we've seen kind of like an adaptation of lion king movies or the lion king movie have you seen the broadway play for example i have oh really it wasn't on broadway it was in toronto <laughs> so it was like off broadway yeah or, was... well broadway in toronto yeah or whatever yeah i don't know what it's called really Broadway in Toronto is what I, we're going to call it, yeah. I think that's what it is. Well, yeah, so I've, I've also seen The Lion King on Broadway um, in New York. So uh, what did you think about that? To me, I thought it was really interesting. I, I've never seen a play before, so that was my first play. Oh, and wow. from what I've heard, it's like not similar to a lot of Broadway plays. But I really liked it. I thought that it was an interesting way to take something and adapt it to a new medium. Yeah. And... There were very similar story beats, but there were also new things. There was like new songs yeah. and some new characters. What do you think? I think that's a really interesting way to explain it. I didn't really know what I thought of it after I left because the first time I watched it, I was six, so I don't oh. really remember. Also my in initial. Toronto, and I think it was in it was in New York okay. on Broadway. So when I came out of the amphitheater two months ago. My initial thoughts were is that was interesting, but I don't know if that was the Lion King. <laughs> okay. uh, it, it felt like a a story that was based on the Lion King, but not an adaptation of the Lion King itself. Why do you th do you not want that? Is that not what you wanted? Like, you, did That's, you want a shot for shot? I I like stories that take from the source material, but also change it a bit to make it new and fresh. So mm -hmm. I liked that take of the Broadway play to like add new elements and take out certain parts, add new songs. Oh, so um, you're not saying that that is a negative? No, so it's like, definitely not okay. a negative. I, I just, I couldn't compare it to the movie because I felt it was so different, mainly because of the different medium and having the costumes, but you still see the people with like yeah. the birds and the strings and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Uh, it was really a creative way to show animals on stage. And like the new elements they added with Scar and Nala's relationship. That was interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I agree with that. I thought, I think that I really liked the the way that the Broadway play adapted it. Like you're saying that it, it takes the, the basic story and then it sort of adds things to it. Yeah. So with that being said, what do you think of this new one, this live action remake? Or, okay, so I guess I should clarify. When I say live action remake, I know it's like all animated and everything like that, right? And 
I think it still technically counts as an animated movie because it's all CGI. Yeah. But we're just going to call this one the live action one and the old one the animated one just to make it easy. So, yeah. Um, what did you think about this? <laughs> I am confused. I'm yeah. still confused. I watched it over opening week and I'm still confused about how I feel about the movie. I feel like if you love The Lion King, then you should watch the movie. But I don't know that if you love The Lion King, you will love the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes a lot of sense. So let's um, let's just like go through it a little bit then. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think, yeah, my, my feelings on this are very mixed because in some ways it's like it's The Lion King. So how bad can it be? You can only make such a good story. It's also Hamlet. Like that's a, one of the classic stories of literature. How can you make that bad? And I don't think this film is actually bad. It just has some huge problems that I think we can dig into, right? Yeah. But let's start first with what did you like about this? We'll start with the positives. That's always a good thing. Uh, are we talking spoilers? Are we talking... Let's let's general. keep it general for, uh, for now, and then we'll jump into more specifics. Okay. But I mean, yeah, Mufasa dies. It <laughs> said it in the synopsis. Um, but yeah, I felt that the live action quote unquote uh, movie was way funnier than the original. Okay. the The comedic beats were impeccable. I was laughing almost the whole movie. Uh, except for, you know, the sad parts and the serious parts. Um, what else did I like about the movie? I... Is it a short list? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really just All right, drawing I'll, I'll blanks. I'm drawing blanks here. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, so the the first thing that we can talk about that is pretty common in mm -hmm. all the reviews of this is that the photorealistic okay, nature of the animals. Go. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Um, that's undeniable. I think it is pretty incredible. Like mm -hmm. how lifelike the animals look and how much detail is put into that. Yeah. And I think that's a thing about this film is that it's not lazy. Yeah. Certainly every expense, you know, Jurassic Park, they spared no expense. There's nothing that is lacking. Like they even brought back Hans Zimmer to do the score. You didn't need to do that. You could have just gotten some dude to make like a knockoff uh, score of it or whatever. But the music's good. Um, I thought that... The voice acting was pretty good yeah. with the very strong stipulation there in a second. Um, and then, like I, like you said, I thought it was also hilarious. I think yeah. Timon and Pumbaa stole the show. They did. Um, every scene with them, like the movie, I'm getting into negatives already, but the movie kind of dips in the middle and you're just like, I'm a little bored. And then yeah. Timon and Pumbaa come back or come in and you're like, oh, wow, there's energy mm -hmm. in this. This is breathing life into this movie. Yeah. And I thought they were great. Let's see what else. Oh, one positive I had was um, Zazu. I liked Zazu a lot in yeah. this movie, and I, I think I liked him more than when I liked uh, how I liked him in the animated version. Because I feel like in this movie he was annoying to the characters, but to me he was hilarious. Um, <laughs> Do you think maybe that's just because you're older? Maybe, like, because <laughs> like in the animated version, like he was annoying to the characters, and he also annoyed me. <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, like just let them do what they need to do, man." Yeah. And he didn't. I felt like he cracked a lot more jokes, and he was a lot more. What is the word for when they break the fourth wall? Oh, I, I think that's like, he breaks the fourth he, wall. He, he breaks the fourth wall. <sighs> I feel like there's an adjective, but I can't think of it. Um, yeah, so he was, I felt like he was more interactive with the audience and more of a actual character instead of a, 
obstacle that Simba had to get around. Yeah, fair. And on that notion, I do think that there are a couple small changes that they make from the original that are for the better. I'll get into the specific ones in spoilers. Um, But I do like that they... I mean, it is almost exactly a shot-for-shot remake, but there is a couple changes. There's some different lines and things like that that I think better the movie. Yeah. But for every one of those, there's like three or four ones that are just like some of the decisions in this movie are just plain stupid, and we'll we'll get to that. Um, And they also leave out a lot of the classic lines, which is interesting. That's an interesting complaint. I guess we're switching to complaints now, but it's interesting for me to say, oh, they don't, you know, they're leaving out the classic lines. But then we're also saying, well, it's a shot-for-shot remake. Maybe we want to see something different. Yeah. So I do think that these movies, especially or like these live-action Disney movies, live in this weird state where they have to be similar to the original, but also not similar. And it's like these two opposing forces that I don't know if it's possible to do. Yeah. I guess let's let's take a quick sideline here really quickly and let me just ask you of the the live action ones that you've seen which do you think is the best or the one that does what you think it should the best. Hmm. Well, I know I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, but you can no, take a second. No, it's I'm trying to decide what I want from the movies. Yeah, so let's let's actually talk about that a little bit. What do you want from these movies? Like what are they I don't know. What's the point of them? So I feel like if we're going to go for a adaptation, shot for shot-ish type movie, then I think Aladdin is probably the best mm-hmm. because it was basically the same movie, but Will Smith's genie was a little bit different than Robin Williams' genie, which I appreciated. I liked that they didn't get someone to just do a Robin Williams impersonation because mm-hmm. that would have been in bad taste. And also like the element they added with Jasmine. I like that a lot, you know, for women empowerment and like she was the best person for the job. So yeah. it makes sense. So like the elements they added made it the best adaptation, I would say. But I think what Disney did with Maleficent is really interesting. Like if they made a Lion King movie and they I hate Maleficent. Really? Yeah, that movie pissed me off. But if they made a Lion King movie and it was like like Scar, like a Lion King story or something mm-hmm. and like it was about Scar and it was a different view. Kind of like yeah. what they did with Lion King one and a half with this like Timon and Pumbaa's point of view of what happened in the first movie. I think that would be interesting and a way to keep it fresh, but tell the same story. I don't know if I would like it, <laughs> but I think that is a route that they could go to like keep it fresh and not like, because what, not, I not. I know we're talking about other things, but one thing I didn't like about this movie, okay. The Lion King, <laughs> is that when you say certain lines and you don't say them the same, then they don't land the same. Yeah. But there's no way to like replicate the exact same movie unless you get the exact same actors and do the exact same things. And then that would be like, why do you even make a movie? Because it's just the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's really complicated and it's an interesting problem that yeah, Disney I don't has to solve. totally know what like the solution is to this. And I guess the answer is that it doesn't really matter because whatever they do, they're just going to make money. I think they could have done anything and we would have gone out and seen the Lion King just yeah. because it's tugging at that nostalgia or whatever. Yeah. But it is something to consider when you're criticizing these movies is that they are in this very, very tiny sphere of acceptance and they can't be too different but they also should be different Mm -hmm. and different people are going to think 
differently about what's important to keep and what's not important to keep. Yeah. So it's it's really bizarre. I think the one that does this the best is probably the Jungle Book. Oh, I didn't even think about that one. I don't even consider it. <laughs> you I just mentioned cons- it. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I don't even consider it like a Disney renaissance movie. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, right? Like, it's from, you know, the 60s or oh, 50s okay. or whatever. So it's it's a lot older. And those movies have the benefit of having very paper thin plots and things yeah. like that. So there was a lot of ways for them to change things. Yeah. I think another one that's really good is, have you seen Pete's Dragon? No. I love that movie. Really? And I've never seen the original, but that one, from what I know, takes the idea of, oh, it's, you know, a dragon and a boy that live in the woods or something. I don't know. It's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think those ones do that thing where they take the concept and then add things to it and make it better. But again, they're not bogged down by jackasses like us saying that the Lion King is the greatest thing ever and us expecting that it has the things that make the Lion King the Lion King. So it's interesting. Let's move on to the things that you didn't like. What didn't work for you in this movie? Why are you sitting in that chair writhing in discomfort thinking about this movie? Uh, Scar didn't work for me in this movie at all. Why? I feel like... In the original, right, he's, like, the audience knows he's evil, but you can see how Simba and Mufasa would think that he's just, like, that weird uncle that says yeah. weird things and blah, blah, blah. But in this movie, like, he was just evil, like, just, like, plainly <laughs> evil. And, like, the fact that they weren't able to pick up on it made, kind of hurt Simba and Mufasa's character. Or, like, even Zazu's character, like, when they were at the ridge or whatever, and Mufasa goes down, and then Scar is like, Zazu, go back and, like, tell the lionesses what's going on, right? And then later in the movie, Scar is like, I wasn't even there. But Zazu knew that you were there because he was with you there. Oh, yeah. So, like, what? (laughs) You know? Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I feel like if you were going to bring back James Earl Jones... Then just bring back Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons also because there's certain lines that Scar says that I'm like, that's not how you're supposed to say it. Like when he says, long live the king in the animated version, he kind of whispers it in his ear. And then this one, he like yells it and slaps him in the face. It's weird. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, that's that's interesting. That is like sort of what we're just getting at is that this iteration of Scar is different. Yeah. But we don't want him to be different because he was so iconic in the original. Yeah. And in ways, I agree with you. I don't think it bothered me as much as it bothered you and other people. Um, I thought Chiltel IG4 like, did a good job. I just think that his performance was masked by what I think is literally the, the main reason that I cannot get behind this movie is that the animals, because they look so photorealistic, they cannot emote emotions yeah, at all. Yeah. So you're just sitting there watching a lion and then there's voiceover. And sure, their mouth moves a little bit, but it, you never do you believe that the lion is like saying the things that he's saying. Yeah. And then when the lion's sad, you don't see it be sad because lions can't show sadness in real life. Mm-hmm. So... It makes this whole thing, like like you said, like, yeah, Jeremy Iron Scar is sassy and witty and, like, 
melodramatic, right? But you can't make a realistic lion melodramatic. So Chiwetel has to change it and he's evil, but even then you can't be like dastardly evil yeah. without having like menacing eyes and facial expressions. And I think that completely ruins the movie for me. Yeah. So it's like Simba's really sad when his dad's dead and he's like, it's just a little lion cub like staring at you. <laughs> like yeah. there's no emotion there. Um, and that's throughout the entire film. But I don't like, I don't entirely agree with that. Really? Well, like, like I agree. I agree with the fact that it took away from the movie, but I don't agree with the fact that like since they're trying to make it realistic, they can't make them show emotion. Oh I've yeah. I've seen animals show emotion. Yeah. Like I've seen animals look sad. Like when I when my cousin would like rebuke his dog for doing something, I've seen his dog look sad and look like I'm sorry, like I didn't mean to do that. And like change his facial expressions to look a certain way. So like you know he's sad based on how he looks. And like there's like certain like even though their face can't make the same kind of expressions and configurations that our faces can like their full body can emote emotion like the way they're standing and the way they're hunched over or the way they're yeah like the way took me out so another scene that didn't really resonate with me was the Mufasa death scene right Mm -hmm. I didn't really feel anything like obviously I was sad but like I didn't really like it didn't almost bring me to tears like it does in the animated version and it was mainly because of what you said, like Simba was kind of just standing there, but he was upright and he wasn't like hunched over, over his dad. He was kind of just standing there. Like everything was fine. But then his voice was like, somebody help. It doesn't, it didn't really match, but there were, I feel like there was, there were ways to keep it realistic, but like emote some kind of emotion. It won't be obviously won't be the same as right. the animated to an extent, but like you could do something. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily understand why they didn't even just put a little emotion there and sacrifice a little of the photorealism. Yeah. I don't know why they were like, oh, we dead set have to make this as realistic as possible. And I agree with you, like dogs and cats, they can be a little emotive. But mm-hmm. if you look at like Zazu... Like there was no way there to make no that way you bird. Could do that. Yeah. Do you know what a bird looks like when it's scared or happy or sad? Oh my gosh. Like, anyways. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was a huge problem. And that's just like a conceptual problem. Yeah. The uh the other thing that I think is kind of like a huge problem with this is that because it's live action, there's sort of this inherent lethargicness yeah. to it. Um, that you don't get an animation. So the animation, you can kind of like jump around and everything like that. And in this, everything just feels slower. And you can really notice it, I thought, in the songs. Yeah. Where the songs are just a slightly slower tempo and there's not as much stuff going on. And so it kind of like draws out the movie. And this movie is two hours, whereas the original is like 94 minutes or something. Yeah. And it's weird to like, where does that extra half hour come from? You know? We followed a pile of poop for like five minutes. Yeah. Half of it is out and the other half is the mouse at the beginning that they just watched go on like Fievel's journey or whatever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think that's weird because then also at the same time, there are certain scenes that just happen so quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like you said, the, the Mufasa death scene is one where he's just like, he sits there for a second and then Scar is like, oh, hey, we're moving on. Yeah. And like... In the original, it lets you like sit with the character a little bit and it lets you feel the emotion. Whereas in this one, they're almost, they do this a lot in the Disney live action movies where they are trying to hit 
plot points mm-hmm. just for the sake of hitting them because they're in the original. Yeah. So it's like, oh, we have to do this thing. And then what's next? This thing. And then, oh, then there's this line. Yeah. And it doesn't flow as well. There's something about the way that it sort of just like jerks you around from place to place that I found really difficult to kind of invest in the movie because of. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does make sense. I think about it that way. Yeah. And the other thing is that I found it to be a very weird experience um, watching a film that you've never seen before, but you know exactly what's coming next. Yeah. And so even in like The Jungle Book or Aladdin, I don't know those movies quite as well as I know The Lion King. So there was a little bit of like, oh yeah, that's next. I forgot about that. Yeah. But in this, I was like, oh, and then they're going to do this and then this Mm -hmm. and then this. And it's weird because you're sort of sitting there and I'm almost like waiting for the next thing that I'm really looking forward to instead of being in the moment of the movie. Yeah, I get that. When I so Aladdin is also one of my favorite movies, animated mm. movies. And when I went to go see the animated version, the the live action version, the first time I watched it, I left the movie feeling dissatisfied, unsatisfied. 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 I get those wrong all the time. Right? <laughs> um, I don't know what are these even called prefixes. Yeah, yeah prefixes. whatever. Uh, English is hard. <laughs> I left it unsatisfied and i felt the same way that you felt in the lion king also i felt in the lion king though but that it felt longer because i knew what was coming but they added other things so i was like we haven't got to that point yet like aladdin hasn't got kicked off the thing with the chair into the water like what's happening (laughs) like how long is this movie like what's going on but the second time i watched it i kind of just watched it for like the movie and i liked it a lot more I haven't seen The Lion King again, and I don't know if I feel like that. I don't think I feel like that, but maybe... Do you want to see this again? No. I I, I don't want to pay money to see this again. Okay. If, it, if it's on Netflix or Disney Plus, probably Disney Plus. I think it is going to be on Disney Plus. I'll watch it again. So, yeah, that, that actually... Um, maybe we can sum up our thoughts in a second and then move to spoilers, but I just have a question for you. Would you ever, like, in 10 years from now, let's say, or whatever, you have a kid... Would you ever show them this or no. would you just be like, no, this is the animated one and we're just going to watch this twice instead of watching this one once, you know? Yeah. I would, Do you agree with that? or I have no desire to show my kid this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, that was a thought that I had going into The Lion King. Everyone was like, oh, it has to be great. It has to live up. And I wanted it to be great, but knowing that like, if it's not, I could just watch the animated version. There's like another version out there that's like yeah better or that's a really healthy way. Then it's fine. So that's how I kind of went into the movie, even though I still left very, very disappointed. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So no, I will not be showing my kids this movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, I think that gets to something that I've been trying to think about this movie as being. And do you remember? Like a while ago, there was this huge craze of YouTube movies or movies, YouTube videos that were like B movie, but every time they say B, yeah, it speeds up or this is Shrek, but without the color green or yeah. whatever. I feel like this is kind of one of those movies where it's just like the Lion King, but where all the characters look like actual animals. Yeah. And so while I watched a couple of those videos on YouTube, I'm never going to watch them again. I'm never yeah. going to show them to anybody. They don't matter. Yeah. But they're still cool and funny, and it's like, oh, interesting. And I think if you reflect, like, look at this movie like that, it's just the most expensive skin of a movie yeah. that you've ever seen. And in that way, 
the whole point of this movie is can we make this look photorealistic? And the answer is yes. So like maybe that's a way to make yourself less disappointed by it. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's sort of how I've been dealing with it, that it's like it's a thing for people to see that have seen the original and it's a thing to experience once and yeah. then never touch again. Yeah. Which is not the doesn't make for a great movie, but whatever. Let's uh, summarize this and then move into spoilers. Um, or I guess we'll just call them like specific nitpicks there you go. or something because <laughs> uh, you can't really spoil this movie. But yeah, why don't you just summarize uh, your thoughts and then give this a ranking out of 10. Out of 10. Score. Okay. Uh, you final, can do point points. Uh, final thoughts or midway thoughts. I feel like this movie was uh, underwhelming if you have watched the original. And if you haven't watched the original, then you should watch the original and not this movie. Yeah. Um, and then do something else with the 30 <laughs> minutes you have. <laughs> but I feel like for people our age, no one older, if you like, if you were old enough to see The Lion King in theaters, then don't watch this movie. But if you've only been watching it on VHS or DVD or bootleg on the internet, then I think that it was nice to see those same same scenes on screen in IMAX. And like, like you said, like the cinematography is amazing. So I think it's an experience that I am appreciative that I had, but I would not do it again. Uh, so I give it a 5.5. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like basically completely agree with everything you said. I would say that this is one of those movies that's like review proof in the sense that I don't think anything we say will convince somebody to not see this if yep. they're interested in it. And I don't think anything, if we were really positive about this movie, well, maybe, maybe if we were like, this is the best thing ever yeah. and somebody may be like, Oh, maybe I should check it out. But this is one of those movies where like, if you're going to see it, you've probably already seen it since it's made a billion dollars. Yeah. And if anybody's listening to this, they're probably just listening to like, hear somebody talk about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think this movie is well-made um, I think there's definitely care and attention given to it. So it's not this like lazy, you know, oh, I don't care. Let's just give everything out. But yeah, it's it's disappointing in the sense that, mm, I don't even know how to say it, in the sense that you get certain points or you get certain plot points from the original, but they're just worse. Yeah. So it's like, it's not different enough to like, not make you compare it to the original and then that comparison isn't remotely favorable yeah but like i did like i like you said i was laughing quite a bit i did enjoy myself in the theater but again yeah i'm probably never gonna watch this again yeah. i don't have a desire to show my kids this and i would never try to convince somebody to see this if they weren't interested in seeing yeah. it so i'm gonna give it uh a six very close to you all right so let's move on to spoilers um spoilers for the lion king starting now that's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. <laughs> I don't know what there is to spoil, but uh, I do want to talk about specifics. There was two, three changes, not even changes, just like um, like pieces of dialogue that, that were added that I liked. And the first one comes when Scar and Mufasa are talking after he's like almost killed the mouse or whatever. And uh, Scar is like, I would never challenge you again. Yeah. 
And I thought that was a nice little nod to, oh, that's probably how he got the scar. Yeah. It's, I will curious to know what they called him before that. And it's also kind of mean <laughs> to that they call, call him scar. <laughs> yeah. To call somebody by this, like a disability yeah. that you gave them. Yeah. Like, but that's fine. Um, and then there was another point where they said that when there were hyenas in the Pride Land or something, like Simba and Mufasa were walking, and then uh, Zazu came to tell Simba, or I mean Mufasa, that there's hyenas. And so he was like, Sarabi is mm-hmm. leading the hunt to yeah. fight, fend them off. I thought that was a good nod to the fact that the female lions do all the hunting yeah. and everything like that. So that was a good change. Yeah. Is there anything you want to mention specifically? Okay, so this has been, like, really bottled up inside me for a long time. Let me hear it. Um, The opening scene, right? Circle of Life. Awesome intro. Mm -hmm. One of the best intros of all time. Still gave me chills when I heard it. But, okay, so you know at the beginning of the movie, right? When Rafiki lifts Simba up to present him to, like, the people? Yeah. Really iconic scene. And in the animated version... He's like standing and he's like presenting him to the people. And in this movie, he's, he's sitting down. Like, what are you doing? Like, okay, first of all, I feel like it was really disrespectful to me, <laughs> the viewer, that he didn't stand up because I feel like when you think of Lion King, right? If you were to buy like Lion King merchandise, it would either be like the Lion King, like the big, like the Lion King text. Or yeah. it'd be like Mufasa's face mm-hmm. or like some variation, maybe Simba's face. Or it'd be the log scene where like Timon, Pumbaa, and Simba are walking on the log during Akun Matata. Or it would be Rafiki presenting Simba on Pride Rock and they just didn't do it. And then second, it's disrespectful to Mufasa, the king, because why are you sitting? When you know you can stand, I know you can stand. You stood up <laughs> when you thought Simba was alive and you were beating your chest. So why didn't you? Pres- <laughs> Seems like you have a lot of anger about that. <laughs> it's been bottled up for a long time. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, why wasn't he standing? That's like- such a funny thing to nitpick. I did notice that though. Like, I'll, I'll give that to you. I was like, that's kind of weird that he's sitting down. Like, why wouldn't they just have him stand up? Yeah, but then, like, when I saw it in the movie initially, I was like, oh, maybe he's not standing because you know like maybe baboons just don't stand up like that yeah like when they're like you know in like real life since it's supposed to be like real life adaptation but then he stood up later and like was jumping up and down and like had his legs fully extended so i don't i don't know yeah so <laughs> stupid decision there's a lot of kind of those tiny things that are stupid decisions my main one is there's a very classic song that's not circle of life oh my god do you know what it's called be prepared no, 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 no. The the Elton John one, the one, the romantic one. What is that called? Can you feel the love this afternoon? Yeah, right. <laughs> I think that. I think. I think you're right. I think that was. It was. It was called. Can you feel the love this afternoon? <laughs> because this song, and I guess for people who don't freaking know one of the best songs ever, it's Can You Feel the Love Tonight. But for some reason in this movie, it's in the middle of the day. It's the middle of the day. Like, and I was like, oh, maybe it'll, maybe it'll transition into the evening or the night. And maybe when Timon says, and if he falls in love tonight, it'll be dark then. Nope. (laughs) No, it's just, it's just maybe late afternoon. Maybe. The sun wasn't even setting. It wasn't even orange out. Yeah. And I listened to a podcast where they were talking about that same thing and they were like, oh, well, you know, maybe it was harder to animate in the dark. But there's a ton of scenes in the dark. So again, yeah, 
I have no idea why they made that decision. It's yeah. a dumb decision. It is a terrible decision. <laughs> yeah. But um, there are a couple other like changes that I liked. I thought that um, the reference to Beauty and the Beast, the Be Our Guest yeah, scene. That was awesome. <laughs> hands down one of the funniest things in the, the entire movie. Um, when Pumbaa did the flashback to when yeah. he got abandoned or whatever, he was like a baby pig a baby instead pig. of just a regular warthog like yeah. in the original. And I thought that baby pig was adorable. Yeah. So that was great. And I also just liked the whole rendition of Akuna Matata in this one because it had that like meta play of, you know, yeah. they mentioned, oh, he's gained 200 pounds since we started. <laughs> yeah. And um, he's like, every time I farted and he doesn't stop. Are him. you going to stop me? He's like, yeah. no, because you disgust me. <laughs> I thought that was really funny and a good nod to the original because that never really made sense to me. Even as a kid, I was like, farted isn't a bad word. Yeah. Like, so that was funny. And I think that's what the movie should have been like. Like, if you were going to make a shot-for-shot remake, it should have been more self-referential and meta and kind of taking those classic beats that we know and twisting them a little. Mm -hmm. So I really like those parts of the movie, and I think that if it was that for the entire movie, I would be much more positive on this. Yeah. Anything else that you want to get off your chest? Like, any strong negatives? Be Prepared was... What yeah. was that? Yeah, it was like I mean, spoken word. They wanted to avoid the Nazis, like they like symbolism. But you but... could still do it without, <laughs> yeah, without, <laughs> without that. And I know, like, th- I feel like they probably just threw it, threw it in there last minute because it came out, like, before the movie came out, it came out that they weren't going to have that song in the movie. Yeah, and there was that. like a big uprising of fans that were upset. So I'm sure they just like. We're like, okay, we have to put something in there that, re- that refers to this song. So let's just have him talk the lines of the song for a little bit, which was a terrible idea. They should have just left it out. Yeah. <laughs> and following Simba's tough of hair for however long that was. Yeah, that was, felt like ridiculous. I mean, eternity. It felt like so long. <sighs> was there a, is there like a, a dung beetle in the original at all? I, I feel like there feel is, like there is, and I couldn't remember where or why. Yeah, but yeah. like I, for some reason, I have the idea of a cartoon dung beetle rolling a ball of poop, poop. Yep. in my head. Me too. And I don't know why, but yeah, that that whole thing was pretty bizarre. Um, <laughs> that didn't really happen in the original, right? It's more just like he lays down, and then the tufts of leaves like, go. Yeah, that like and then spelled, the leaves spell f x f f s f x, and people thought it said sex for yeah. a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, rem- I remember hearing that rumor too. Like, oh my God, it says sex, but it's what it's like an acronym for the um, animation company. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, but like those leaves then go to Rafiki, and then he like also, also. Oh, <laughs> let me hear it. Uh, it's just like I feel like things, like you said it already, but like things happen too too quickly mm-hmm. in this movie. Like two scenes that really stand out to me. I can't. There's probably more. But when we follow that tough affair, right, and then Rafiki picks it up, instantly he's like, Simba's alive. Like, there's no, like, in the animated, he flops down, dust comes up, and then Rafiki grabs it, and he, like, stirs it up in a bowl, and he, like, smells it, and he's like, oh, is that Simba? It's, like, like a little bit of time. Also, when Nala is chasing Pumbaa or whatever, and they tackle, the, they fight each other, and she pins him, in the animated... Simba's like Nala and then she has like a surprise face like how do you know who I am mm-hmm. and then she's like oh it's my friend and then she's like how are you alive blah 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 all this kind of stuff right 
And then she's like, oh, you need to come back and be king. In this movie, that little, like, thought process happens in two seconds. Like, yeah. Like, he's like, Nala, and she's like, Simba, you have to be king. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've been dead for, let's say, 10 years, and the first thing you say to me is, like, not excitement or, like, how are you alive? It's, you have to come back and save everybody. Like, that's it. That, it just... Yep. And then because it's, can you feel the love this afternoon, <laughs> they instantly go straight into the song. They're like... Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do this. And she's like, you have to do this. And he's like, well, let me show you around. And then boom. The song, yeah. That's not hyperbolic. It's literally like by the time within a minute of screen time that they meet and then start going into the song. And yeah, you're right. The other um, one that really struck me, and this is sort of true in the original too, but it's worse here is when in the final confrontation with Scar, he's like, hey, tell tell them, tell everybody that you yeah. killed Mufasa and he was like yeah I killed Mufasa and then they're like what and then he falls and then again within two minutes Scar's like I killed Mufasa (laughs) and it was like a double reveal yeah within seconds it felt like yeah and that whole thing was was pretty choppy yeah but actually one positive that I forgot to mention is I thought the the action sequences were actually pretty good in this they were yeah um I feel like you can feel John Favreau's like Iron Man stuff coming out yeah there and just the way it was framed and how realistic it looked like the two lions were actually fighting I thought that was pretty cool and the fire and everything um we talked a little bit about the will to be seen i have a positive and a negative about that scene i think so my problem with it is that in the original the will to be seen is like really scary it seems like it's like an endless flow of wildebeest mm-hmm. and because of the way that you can animate you can kind of just like you can make it almost like a blur, so it looks almost yeah. like a river instead of a wildebeest. So you're like, wow, Simba's really screwed. Like, if he falls off that branch, he's screwed. But in this one, because you can kind of see the individual wildebeest, it's sort of just like, do you want to just wait until yeah. they're done? Like, I didn't feel that sense of, like, he's in danger quite as much in this one. Yeah. I feel like the animated version has a way of making you care about what's going on very, very quickly that this movie didn't have. And I don't know, I haven't really figured out why that is or how they could have done better, but like... I really think it's the emotion thing. Like, you're just watching animals sit there. Yeah. You know? Kind of like watching Planet Earth. Yeah. Four. <laughs> but even that, like, you care about when the deer is getting chased by the fox. It's like, true. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's true. But the one little thing, so many things that I that it's not a gripe but like what i liked what i like about the wilderby scene in the original is the zoom in of simba so like when like the wilderbeast come down it like zoom in, zooms in on mm-hmm. simba's face and you can see that he's like oh crap mm-hmm. this is serious and when mufasa dies it, it like zooms out from simba mm-hmm. right i feel like this movie could have benefited a lot from Obviously, they had to. He had to have shown emotion. So, like, if they zoomed into like a, a stale line face, it wouldn't have had that much of an impact. But like, <laughs> but just like making it more, just more, because I feel like that scene in the animated is like really like grandiose. Like the whole scene is yeah like a lot. Yeah, it's weird to say that the animated one is almost more cinematic than the one with widescreen, yeah. completely CGI, photorealistic stuff. Yeah. Um, but 
the the positive I do have of that scene is that I think in this one, the way it's framed makes it more clear that Simba can't see Scar yeah. and Mufasa. Because in the original, I was always just like, how did he not see, see that? Yeah. that Scar like killed Mufasa? Mm-hmm. And it was really difficult for me just because of the way that the shots are in a yeah. row. I think here it's clear that there's something blocking him and, yeah. and stuff. So I, I thought that was a little better. I also liked the reason why Scar brought him to the canyon. Yeah. Um, in the original, he's kind of just like, oh, your dad wants to show you something. I'm going to go get him, which is like, what? But in, yeah. in this one, you know, it's after Simba gets ambushed by the hyenas or whatever. And Scar brings him to the canyon. He's like, oh, this is where your dad learned how to roar and like he didn't leave until his roar reached the top of the ridge and like after if you had like someone you thought was like a cool uncle like that would be something he would if you want to like fight for yourself you should like do this yeah and then it made it made more sense than to like like just wait here while i get your dad like why didn't my dad bring me here yeah that's (laughs) definitely one of those things that you can just completely get away with in an animated movie because it's like oh it's for kids whatever but in a live action movie you'd be like what the This is stupid. This is so convenient. But they did drop one of the best lines of the entire thing, which was, what kind of surprise? Or is it a good surprise or something? And then it's, oh, Simba, it's to die for. for. Yeah. Yeah. So I liked that. And I kind of missed that line. But So one thing I want to talk to you a little bit about is the idea of the kingdom of the Pride Lands and this whole like monarchy that has been established here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go really in depth here okay. and kind of try and convince you that this is actually a dystopian dictatorship. Okay. 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 So here's the facts that we know about this pride lands kingdom that is ruled by Mufasa and his family, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that there's a monarchy of lions. They all have established rule. It's been like that for a while, right? Because Mufasa's father was also king and there's all the dead kings in the stars or whatever. And... The rightful king, Simba, is given that by birthright. It's yeah. a birthright of the oldest son. Yeah. So pretty classical king stuff, right? But in this one, for whatever, like in this dynasty or whatever, all the king or all the kings and his family are carnivores, and they routinely feed on the citizens mm-hmm. of the Pride Lands, right? Okay. And there doesn't seem to be any sort of like logical order of who dies uh like which people are chosen to die it's just if you cross paths with the king on the wrong day you're dead yeah but you do have to go to these religious ceremonies where you bow as the new like to celebrate the new killer yeah that's going to come and kill your family left and right right yeah but there is one exception because we see that when zazu uh, is about to get killed by Scar, he says it's forbidden to eat members of the king's council. Yeah. So that means that there's this hierarchical class system mm-hmm. in the Pride Lands that rewards servants of the king yeah. uh, and gives them privileges such as food and life security and stuff like that. So that's a huge problem. And then Mufasa also explains that this is fair to Simba. He's saying this is fair because it's all, quote unquote, part of the circle of life. Mm-hmm. And so they get to, you know kill man, woman, child, doesn't matter. And that is all because when they peacefully die of old age, their rotting carcasses will turn into fertilizer, which grows the grass that the gazelle eat, right? Yeah. I find that to be complete bullshit. Like if somebody explained that to me, I'd be like, 
that's crap. It's yeah. propaganda <laughs> to keep citizens in line. And that allows just the powerful to continue their reign, mm-hmm. you know. But I think the like scariest part and the saddest part of this whole thing is that we see that when Scar starts to overhunt, the Pride Lands kind of turn barren and desolate, like all the grass dies and everything, right? And that's presumably because all the herds have left. So they have the option to leave and the their leave results in the collapse of the local ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And that means that all these herds, like all the citizens of this dystopian dynasty, they are the ones that actually have the power. Yeah. <laughs> so without the herds, the lions, they're totally fucked. They're going to die. So these herds are the ones that have the power, and yet they're the ones that are subjugated to the bloodline monarchy. Mm-hmm seems pretty messed up because like the lions have somehow convinced the citizens of the pride lands that they're powerless but in fact they could easily like leverage that and be like if you kill us we'll leave and then you will die like they should be able to overthrow the monarchy and establish some sort of new sense of democratic governance or Mm -hmm. something like maybe representations from each of the species or something yeah but they don't why is that hmm i don't know i kind of Always. I'm sure you've never thought about it this hard. No, I haven't. But like, <laughs> like my first thought is that they probably deal with it because the alternative is worse than what they currently li- deal with. Like, so outside of the Pride Lands no, is like, worse? No, like, if there was no monarchy, if there was no lions, because the way I think about it, or like the way I'm currently thinking about it, because I haven't thought about it, um, is... <laughs> Like, the lions protect the pride lands from the hyenas. And if the lions weren't there, the hyenas have less self-control, I guess, than the, the lions do, which would result in more of my family dying. So, yeah. I guess we could deal with, like, one of us dying a month. And so, <laughs> instead of, like... It's still pretty fucked it's up. It's still pretty <laughs> fucked up. But, like, that's, like... like it, It's, like, the better of two evils. I, I, I'm seeing it right now. Because, like, in the movie, they reference... Like, the, the hyenas are in the Pride Lands. So, obviously, they're probably hunting. Mm-hmm. And you can see from one line they say in the movie is, like, a hyena's belly is never full or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, judging from that line and, like, that reaction to the hyenas being in the Pride Lands is that if they were able to be in the Pride Lands, then they would eat everything. And okay. everything would just be total crap. So, yeah. they're the people are probably idolizing and praising these rulers because like they protect us from the hyenas. It's the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Okay. I guess that's fair. It's still pretty crap, but like when you split it like that, it's it's pretty ass. Yeah. (laughs) So let's be clear. Hyenas are not actually like hunters. They're not. They're, They're They're scavengers. So they only eat dead things. So that leads me to believe that the lions have created this lie. <laughs> and that the hyenas are actually just this like second class citizens Scapegoat. thing. They definitely are second class citizens. It's all stereotypical. It's all prejudice. They live like in the shadows of the in, in a graveyard. Because they're banished. Yeah. So like are all hyenas bad people or animals? Like I feel like there's got to be good hyenas and bad hyenas because there's good lions and bad lions. Like what inherently makes hyenas eating human or like citizens, citizens. worse than lions? I think it's only because the lions are bigger and that they can subject the hyenas to that. True. Because like Mufasa can take out like eight hyenas at a time, which True. was also a really cool scene. But yeah. question. Yeah. I have a question for you. What did you think of like the Nala? She's something. Shenzi. Shenzi fight. 
Oh, I liked it. Really? It was, it was sort of weird that it was like, oh, yeah, it's the female fighting the female. Like, I feel like that happens a lot. Yeah. But I thought it was cool looking. I feel like I wanted it to be more... If, if they're going to put it in, like, I wanted it to be, like, at the the roles of Simba and Nala should have been reversed. Or, like, Nala should have done more when they first went to the, the elephant graveyard instead of hiding behind Simba. Cause, like, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, she should... She should have, like, fought the female lion and, like, lost or, like, knew that she wasn't able to win or something. So that when she has that fight later and she's like, I'm not a kid anymore, you're like, yeah, you're not a kid anymore. Yeah, or, like, that would have made more sense. It would have. It was kind of just like, I guess she, like, bullied your friend while you were sitting in a corner. But, like, that's... <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I do think that the whole Nala situation in this movie is a little wonky because, like... Beyonce is way too prolific of a person to be in... <laughs> Anything? Yeah, but also to be in, like, a role that is basically a nothing role. The movie isn't about Nala, so nope. it's sort of awkward. And especially even in Can You Feel the Love Tonight, like when you have Donald Glover's voice and Beyonce's voice, she was, she's just overpowering him. Yeah, and I, I was talking to my friend about it. He said that he didn't like it, but he could see why like they let it happen. Because they got Beyonce to like sing these notes and like do yeah. these things, so like they're not going to be like, "Hey, Beyonce, can you tone it down a bit?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if she wants to put like a thousand riffs and a thousand runs in her "Can You Feel the Love Light Love Tonight" duet, then let let her do that. But Donald Glover just he couldn't match that energy. Yeah, which I mean, like nothing against Donald Glover; it's Beyonce. Yeah, so like. But yeah, I did think that was weird. I do want to focus a little bit more on this uh, dynasty thing, though, okay. if you don't mind. <laughs> um, so, like, hyenas and lions aren't the only carnivores in Africa, yeah. right? There's cheetahs. We see cheetahs. There's cheetahs. alligators. So, like, what do, what do they do? How do they get to decide? Like, who's patrolling them to make sure that they don't just kill blindly? What about What about the animals that are omnivores that, like, can eat... <laughs> meat and veggies also i mean i guess if we're just this is completely sidelined but simba would be dead if he lived on bugs for 20 years or whatever but yeah. anyways like how yeah i don't know what do what do what are the roles of cheetahs here why do they subject themselves to the lion reign so you don't have to actually answer that question if we're, if we're going <laughs> if we're going under the pretense that the subjects want to stay there because the lions protect them from the hyenas even though maybe that's not true but we're just gonna go under that pretense no i think that's fair because there's that line where it's like the the pride lands don't belong to you but it's your job to protect them yeah so if that's the truth then all the herbivores and prey probably want to live there because el elsewhere they'll get hunted by hyenas so the cheetahs are like oh we'll just hang out here but, like, the cheetahs don't get hunted by anything. Like No, but, like, this is probably where, like, the largest collection of prey is. Yeah, but, like, how can how can you as a king allow that to happen? <laughs> like, that's just... Could you imagine living in a world where, like, you bow down to somebody who might eat you the next day? That's, that's messed up. It is. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyways, whatever. It's fine. I've beaten this to death. Do you have anything else you want to talk about in spoilers? I don't think so. Anything else you want to yell into the wind? I don't think Before so. Before we go out into the real world? I don't think so. I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> Since we were talking about Beyonce, she was overacting. Oh, yeah. Somehow, even though it's voice acting, she was still overacting. And it was something that I was afraid of when she got cast. 
Yeah, she was kind of just saying her lines. Yeah. But she was like, lions attack. I was like, why? Why? Why do you have to say that? Oh, man. That I was not about necessary. That. that was brutal. Also, there's no other male lions, so are they cousins? Most likely. Like, isn't, well, does that mean that Nala is Scar's, Scar's daughter? Daughter? Maybe. I could see that. But then there's actually, actually, have you seen Lion King 2? I have. That's a great movie. It is. It's really underrated. Yeah. I mean, I it's a direct it a to DVD, but there's, there's other lions in that, right? Like all the people that supported Scar mm-hmm. or something. So whatever. But there are also no male lions except for Kovu. Yeah. And, uh, and his, oh, his brother. His brother. Yeah. <laughs> I love that guy. That poor guy. He gets squashed by logs, right? Yeah. Spoilers for Lion King 2. <laughs> Go check that one out. Okay. Let's move on to our point two section where we talk about some of the other stuff we've been watching. So, Cam, what have you been watching? Well, I was going to talk about Stranger Things 3, but our talk made me think of a nature docu-series that I've watched not recently. It was about a year ago. It's called The Hunt. Okay. It's a, a Planet Earth series, but they follow only predators. Nice. And it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gives you like a totally different point of view because when you were talking about planet earth and how you feel bad for the deer when they're getting chased by like whatever my initial thought was like that's not how i feel i felt like that <laughs> are you like before. get him get him yeah yeah <laughs> i feel like that before i watched this docuseries the hunt and after watching that it gave me like a totally different perspective on like predators because mm-hmm. when you watch docuseries like you only see like the victories usually but when you watch the hunt like David Atterborough's like, oh, like, they haven't eaten in, like, two weeks. This is the last shot they have. I'm like, oh, man, you better, better get to work, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you better follow directions. You better loop around. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, like, it gives you a totally different perspective on the prey-predator dynamic. And it shows you that usually prey gets away and predators go hungry. Hmm. So I, that's a show that you should definitely watch if you like nature docuseries like I do. I do think it's funny that you can you can probably use the exact same footage and then just based on like the narration and the music, yeah. you could make you want to root for the yeah. prey. And this is where do you watch it? Is it it on was on Netflix, uh, but Netflix be taking off shows like crazy, so it yeah. might not be there anymore. But I don't know if it's Netflix's fault, but definitely Netflix's fault, yeah. man. Daredevil should still be on Netflix. Yeah, Daredevil should not be canceled. <laughs> That's bullshit. But whatever. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Grievances. Uh, no, I, no. I, oh. oh, okay. Um, Basically, what happened at San Diego Comic-Con when Marshall Ali was announced as Blade in MCU oh, yeah. means that all the MCU Netflix shows are no longer canon and it's all bullshit. Yeah, Because he played Cottonmouth in, in Luke Cage, so he should be dead in the MCU. Yeah. Unless, like, Blade is Cottonmouth somehow. I'm I'm still just like secretly hoping that, that I don't necessarily need them to bring everybody, but I really like Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Me too. I think Mike Coulter's fine as Luke Cage, but like, oh, actually, no, I also want Wilson Fisk. Um, yeah. What's his name? Vincent D'Onofrio. Mm-hmm. Those awesome. guys. Yeah, I want I want them back. But worst case, they recast, I guess. But yeah, it, it feels sort of like, I mean, it's not because. They were such such good shows, but it does feel like a waste of time yeah. now to have watched everything. Whatever. Yeah. That's fine. Sorry, that was a tangent. Yeah, total tangent. So um, I've been watching a lot of stuff recently because, like I said, I was on vacation. So I watch a lot of stuff with my cousins when I'm uh, visiting them. And then 
on the flights yeah. I watch a lot. So I have a lot of things I can talk about, but I'm going to talk about two films that I don't think too many people have heard about. So just as a way to let people know about some stuff. The first one is called The Invisible Guest. It's a Spanish film on Netflix, so you have to use subtitles. But it's this story about a rich businessman. His name's uh, Adrian Doria. And basically, he's arrested for the murder of kind of his mistress, lover, or whatever. And the way that the film is framed is it's a conversation between Adrian and his defense attorney who's kind of been hired to defend him and prove that he's innocent because Adrian claims that he was framed for the murder. Mm -hmm. So he kind of tells her the story of how all that happened and what led up to it. And the really interesting thing is that because of the circumstances of the crime, it was in like a closed off room and he was the only one in there and there was no... um, signs of anybody breaking and entering or anything like that so it's very likely that it he is the murderer yeah but he claims that he wasn't and he tells the story so the film is like this murder mystery where you're trying to you the audience are trying to figure out did this dude actually do it or was it somebody else or what's going on here sometimes you're like is there something supernatural going on here like was it a ghost or something yeah um and yeah, I thought it was a really interesting movie. Um, I've been trying to watch a little bit more like foreign stuff. Yeah. Just because, I don't know, it's cool to see different cultures and things like that. Definitely. And I think this one is a very easy and accessible one because oh. it's interesting. It keeps you guessing the whole time. And I think the payoff at the end, it all comes together really nicely. It's pretty short. It's like an hour and 45 minutes. And then it plays with things like the reliability of the narrator and what is the role of the defense attorney? Is it to find, is it to tell the truth or is it to um, create a narrative and how do those two things interweave and everything like that? So yeah, not too demanding. I would recommend it. It's on Netflix. Okay. The other movie that I watched was called The Hate You Give. Trying to make some sense out of it. It's thug life. The hate you give little infants. Ask everybody. I know what it stands for. What do you think it means? I think it's about us. Us who? Black people. Poor people. Everybody at the bottom. Right, you want it? Pac was trying to school us on how the system's designed against us. Why else you think so many people in our neighborhood deal? They need the money. Yeah. And they no real jobs around here. So they fall into the trap. Have you heard about this? I have. Yeah, so did you see it? No. Yeah, so it came out, what, last year? Yeah. I think. Um, and it got, like, a lot of good review, but it, it basically, like, nobody saw it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see it either, but I, like, meant to. Um, and so this is... A story or the film is about a teenager star. She's played by Amanda Stenberg. And she lives in this poor black community, but she attends a wealthy, predominantly white private school. So she's kind of caught between these two different communities. And the film is all about race relations and community divides, specifically as she's kind of caught up in this media storm when her childhood friend is pulled over and killed by a cop because the cop thinks that his hairbrush is a gun. Um, And I thought this was a really good film, mainly because the writing is just very well done. When I saw the trailer for this, I was like, 
oh, they're manipulating this for like teen drama and it looks pretty cheesy. But watching it, I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Amanda Stenberg, I'm pretty sure she's Rue in The Hunger Games. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Um, I thought she was excellent. I think this film, it's its interesting because its it's not subtle. It knows exactly what it wants to say and it says it. Um, and I think in certain, like if the writing was worse, that could be really awkward and unbearable. But I think in this film, it works really well because you care about the characters and they're all acting in ways that are believable. And it's a very complex issue that like, I think the film handles really well. So I would definitely recommend that. Um, I saw it on the plane. So if you fly Iceland Air, I mean, I guess you can see it. But I think I think it's also on HBO. Okay. So I would definitely check that one out. I was I was really surprised and or pleasantly surprised by that. So this has been our review of The Lion King. Cam, thank you for joining me this week. You're of course always welcome back anytime you want. Um, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? Plug uh, plug myself. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Yep. Cam Cam Nurse underscore. I think that's my No, no, no. Handle. I think it's an underscore first. In between. No, isn't it underscore just, Cam Nurse? Just go to Madi's followers and search Cameron Nurse and follow me. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. everybody that listens to this follows me on Instagram. <laughs> all, all, all five people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but thanks for having me. Uh, I love movies. Let's talk about them. Yeah. So. Always back anytime. I thought it was a really fun conversation and I'm glad we got to like bitch a little about this because that, that definitely helps when you can kind of like complain to someone yeah so. definitely yeah the intro music for this episode is a piece called work by Kevin McLeod and you can find more of his work at incompetech.com if you'd like to keep up with this podcast and find out when we release new episodes you can follow us on twitter at movie Maripod or on facebook at facebook.com slash movie Maripod. that's movie m-a-r-a pod and you can always reach out to us at our email, moviemarathonerspod at gmail.com. You can find more episodes of this podcast on Podbean. That's at moviemarathoners.podbean.com. And we are, of course, also on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. Please subscribe or write a review if you like what we're doing. And any feedback you have to help improve the podcast is always appreciated. So thank you all for listening. And we hope you'll join us again next time when we run through the latest Fast and Furious movie, Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Are you excited for this one, Cam? I'm really excited. We were talking about it before we started talking about The Lion King, and I'm super hyped for this movie. I know it's going to be totally outrageous and not believable, but it's going to be a great time. Uh, the Rock is always fun to watch, and Idris Elba and Jason Statham always kick ass, so... I mean, as somebody, I don't want to like spoil the episode, but as somebody who like doesn't watch any of these movies, it always blows my mind that they're able to get actors like Idris Elba or Charlize Theron or friggin' Kurt Russell to be in these movies, whatever. Anyways, it'll be a very interesting conversation. I have a guest coming on, so it should be fun. All right. Until then. Bye. Later. All right, that's good. All right. That was the longest 15 seconds of my life. I don't think it was even 15 (laughs) seconds. It was like eight seconds, (laughs) but that's fine. Hey Hey there. there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcast.com. See you soon.